one of the ways to do that is anticipating needs, your clients' needs, as you move up to a different style of clientele that has more money, they're going to have a different set of problems than the people that are only measuring mm. your work based on what they can afford. And so these people are going to have just different needs that you have to anticipate and have creative, creative solutions for. Welcome to the Light and Dark Photography Podcast, where you can build your business, grow your community, and have fun doing it. I am your host, John Mansfield. Every week, we bring you real conversations with photographers and entrepreneurs to discover ways that you can take your business to the next level and serve your clients well. We record these live in our Facebook community so you can be part of the conversation. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of whiskey and get ready for today's episode. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Uh, today, today, this audio, this intro, the, the audio to the intro um, is, is not the best quality. I am uh, currently traveling for uh, a wedding and did not bring my fancy microphone. So the rest of this podcast will sound better than this, I promise. Um, but today I'm very excited. My friend Ash Holstein is my guest. She is a wedding and family photographer based in Nashville, Tennessee, with a very holistic and lifetime-focused approach uh, to her client's photography experience. And today, uh, she is sharing with us some of the aspects of how she cultivates an amazing experience for her clients and how pricing your services is more than just figuring out your cost of doing business. Before we jump into today's episode, I did want to thank Denise Alexandra for their five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, they said that, well, one, the, the title is just best, which is a great title. Um, and then uh, they say, love the laid-back vibe and advice. Definitely entertaining. So, Denise, thank you so much. Uh, love... I also love the laid back vibe. That's what we go for here. Uh, and also trying to entertain. Um, if you watch the videos, I'm constantly juggling and doing magic tricks and all that. So, uh, join the Facebook group. Um, that may or may not happen. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, let's get into today's episode. Ash, welcome to the podcast. Uh, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to be here and see you again. I know. Yeah, I'm excited. I was like, whenever your uh, whenever your video popped up earlier, I was like, yay, Ash. Like it was <laughs> I mean, it was, it's been a few months now um, since we met in person, uh, which was what, back in September? Is that right? September. So about a season ago, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. It's already, <laughs> it's already like mid February. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it is good to talk to you again. Um, I'm, I'm excited to talk, uh, this evening, but yeah. So for, um, for everyone, can y'all give, can you give us a little, uh, background info where you're based, um, what you photograph, what you love doing? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a wedding and family photographer based out of Nashville. And I've been here for the past two years. So prior to that, I was in um, Central Lake, Central Florida, um, covering Lakeland, Orlando, Tampa area. So 
um, I've been in business for about um, seven years doing strictly weddings and family. And then prior to that, I did the fashion photography world for a little bit down in Puerto Rico, which is where I'm from. So I have a little bit of background in in fashion, and I think you can kind of see that in my photos. Yeah, <laughs> that's like my first love. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, and so now I I photograph just the life is my runway. So that's cool. I love that. Um, how did you get into fashion photography? Okay, so in. Puerto Rico, you, if you're thin and skinny, which is like majority of the population, you either do sports or you do fashion. So I never really liked sports. And my mom advocated for me to be a child model at the age of eight. Okay. And so I kind of grew up in that um, for a couple years and I absolutely hated it. It was terrible. I liked meeting designers, doing commercials and things like that, but I didn't like the auditioning process. Mm, mm -hmm. It is brutal. You're competing, you're being compared. And so I decided, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I think I want to photograph people and be on the other side of the camera. And I had all that community, you know, I was immersed in it. And so it was a very easy transition from like, I'm a model to, Hey, I'll photograph your collection or I'll photograph your boutique and what they're offering this season or cover behind the scenes and fashion week. So it kind of like progressed very naturally from there. And I I never looked back. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. That's really interesting. I, um, my my wife and I got really big into Project One Runway years ago. Um, I don't know the OG, the OG, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I was kind of wanting to do something different, and I just looked up if there were any uh, runway shows anywhere near us, and there happened to be one here in town, like happening in a couple of months. And I ended up getting into uh, fashion photography for a little bit and like ended up becoming a board member for this fashion event and like helping put together fashion runway runways and getting to meet some of the people that uh, like designers and uh, and some of the models that were on Project Runway. They came and came to some of our events and I was like, this is really cool. This is like. I feel like I'm meeting celebrities, which they kind of were, but, um, but that was, that was cool. It was like a very short, like three years of my photography journey, just like on the side every spring, uh, just helping put that together. Uh, so when you said fashion photography, I was like, Oh man, yeah, I remember (laughs) that. That was fun. It's Um, like a different animal, you know, it's so different. different, Yes. Yeah. Which is kind of what I was wanting was something different than weddings. Cause I'd just been doing that. I was like, I want something, something different, something, uh, I don't know, kind of edgy and, mm-hmm. you know, not just like white bridal gowns, which the funny thing is the first one that I helped with the main designer was a bridal designer. So <laughs> I was still photographing brides, <laughs> but yeah. Okay. So that's cool. So did you like, do you like start a business and everything in fashion photography or is that like, 
for friends and just kind of here and there whenever someone needs you to photograph them? Um, I, with like fashion or just in general? Um, oh, just uh, like with, with fashion. I didn't know if like maybe you started your business in fashion and then moved into, um, yeah, photographing I, other things. I worked with specific designers at the time and specific models. So, and then a boutique that I worked with and I did like two years of like quarterly sessions and stuff like that. And then they, those were published in a fashion magazine in Puerto Rico. Nice. Um, so it started out with contacts of like friends and then I started getting, getting this paid gig. So technically, yes, I started it under my maiden name, which is Ashley yeah. Santiago. <laughs> so that's why it's like, it feels like, Oh yeah, I guess it was a business. It just feels <laughs> such a foreign concept. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but it started with friends who referred me out to other people. And so okay. kind of networked from there. And then I decided, oh, I think I want to go to college. I don't think I can make a career out of this. <laughs> and then went into college and people were like, oh, you're a photographer. Can you photograph this? Can you photograph that? And then I kind of went into the non-fashion world and I fell in love with it. Nice. And then made a career out of that. And made a career out of that, surprisingly, yeah. Nice. Well, that's cool. Did you start that in Florida and then mm-hmm. moving on up to uh, to Nashville? Yes. Nice. So, OK, were you in that like um, you said you you were around the Orlando area, mm-hmm. correct? OK. Yeah. Were you there in 2020, like January of 2020? Yes. OK, so was I. I mean, I wasn't living there, but I went to a photography conference there. Oh, which uh, one? Uh, Creative Summit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was um, a friend of mine and mentor. Uh, Devin Robinson was one of the ones who put it on uh, yeah. and went there. It was a great, great conference. Um, met a lot of really good photographer friends. Uh, a lot of people who have been on this podcast um, at that conference. So I have a lot of that area of Florida, uh, photography friends. Uh, so that's cool that you were there too. And then, you know, we're friends and now yeah. you're up in, in Nashville, uh, which is also amazing. Um, but yeah, that's really cool. So I, I, I love this question. I love asking this question, um, because I love all the answers and they're all so very different. Um, like through through your whole career and everything, is there something like a lesson or um, a piece of advice or something that someone's given you or that you've just found uh, through life that has changed the way that you look at your business or just life in general? Oh, my goodness. Um, that is. I think like the biggest lesson that I have learned and I've taken this with me having photographed different kinds of photography Mm -hmm. um, throughout the years is that you want to always give options to your clients for them to say yes instead of trying to answer no on behalf of your clients. And so for a long time, I wanted my my business to look a certain way because I was so afraid of my clients saying no. 
Yeah. And so once I started giving them options for them to always say yes, my like my business changed into now like it's unlimited the things that I can offer and give and add value and my clients will always say yes. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And I love that because it's also like leading them into positive uh, experience instead Mm -hmm. of like assuming, well, I don't want them to say no. So I'm going to try and head off this negative and just like all the negative uh, vibes that go with, with that um, versus the positive vibes of allowing them to say yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you mind like expanding on that a little bit more? Like what are some ways that you do that? I know this is off topic and everything, um, but, uh, but like kind of what are some ways that you allow your, um, your clients to say yes? Sure. Um, I think the biggest thing, which is kind of like our theme, um, is pricing like pricing is was like a big being in central florida and having such a big community of photographers Mm -hmm. you really have to narrow down your niche so that people that you want to attract find you and so for the longest time i didn't really know how to do that and so it reflected on my pricing because i was so scared of like being charging what I was worth. And so I was like, Oh, I I want them to book me. I don't want them to say no. So I would, I would charge whatever the girl down the road was charging because it felt like a safe pricing. Right. So instead of striving and struggling and still getting business, but not meeting my goals and not meeting my financial needs, I decided that I wanted my pricing to to support me as an artist. And that meant that I needed to stop that fear. And so the ways that I did that was offering, you know, a unique kind of wall art or a unique set of prints or kind of owning the things that I valued and the things that I even invested on my on my own when I bought photography from other people. Mm -hmm. And kind of saying, okay, this is Ashley Holstein. This is why my experience is different. And this is why it's worth it. And this is why I'm charging much more than the girl down the road. (laughs) And once I started doing that, people were like, oh, it makes sense. Of course. Yes. You're like the better option. Like I budgeted this much, but I'm willing to go above and beyond that because what you're offering me is exactly what I want. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. It's like you, you added to your experience and added to what you were offering instead of just like, you know what? I want to raise my prices. So I'm just going to do that. But then you leave everything the exact same and you're not Mm -hmm. up leveling the experience or up leveling the value that you're providing. Um, Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's good. And that's like getting us into into the topic of pricing and everything already. Um, Yeah, yeah. I I love what you said about um, like finding your value Mm -hmm. and and what you offered um, and not just looking at 
the girl down the street and be like, okay, well, this is her prices on her website. So I'm going to mirror those or I'm going to like undercut her by a hundred bucks so that people will hire me more. Um, you know, what are some ways that you or in, in the, the listeners, um, like what are some ways that the, the listeners could find what they should be charging? Instead of just like looking at the market and looking at someone down the street and being like, I will just replicate what they're doing um, and charge the same thing. Yeah, that I see that happening so much with photographers that are new or that have like moved to a different area, kind of like what I've done. Um, And so my biggest thing for finding what you're worth is knowing what is going to cost you to do this session. Like what is your lifestyle? What does it look like? And then what are the costs into living that? And so, you know, for me as a woman who is married and who has children, I have a different set of financial needs than someone who is single, but probably working a corporate job and does like photography on the side, you know? So Mm -hmm. How can I structure my business to support my lifestyle is by providing an experience that is unique, that is authentic to who I am. And then the pricing will support that. I feel like sometimes we focus on like, oh, I want to charge this much, but we're not looking at like the holistic, like view of everything in your life is supporting your business. So mm. I could, I could be a Jose Villa and charge, you know, a hundred thousand dollars and up for a wedding. Right. It's not really realistic to my lifestyle or set of values. And also I'm not in California. <laughs> <laughs> and also I don't have an in with planners who are doing celebrity weddings. So like right. being realistic about, your market, who you are, and going from there. Looking at all those things and, and taking a realistic look at what everything looks like and more than just like a cost of doing business type deal is you can find like those kind of calculators mm-hmm. online and be like, okay, yeah, this is how much it costs for my editing software and all these things. And, you know, I need to make X amount from every session mm-hmm. in order to cover these costs. But you're also talking about about like your lifestyle and what that looks like and that every time that you're going to be going to a photo shoot you are leaving your your Mm -hmm. kids and spouse at home and what that looks like and what cost that is and how much like that time means to you and how much you want to get paid for that um which that time is becoming more and more valuable for me as the years are going. And I'm like, yeah, these, these long Saturdays at weddings, I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to have to get paid a lot more. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not feeling, I just had like a 15 hour wedding this past weekend and it was, it was a lot. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I I think you get paid what you did. (laughs) I did get paid. Yes. Uh, they did. They didn't pay me very well. They were very, um, very appreciative of everything. Um, but, um, yeah. Okay. So I, I like, I like that 
like holistic type look of mm-hmm. not only what is this actually going to cost you to do, um, you know, film wise, editing wise, you know, providing photo galleries and all those things, mm-hmm. but also your time and effort and energy and all that. Get freedom back into your life with Freedom Edits. Do you often feel overwhelmed by the endless supply of photos, the amazing photos that you've taken, and you're just needing to edit them now? And they're just piling up and piling up. I know the feeling. I feel you. I was you not too long ago. But Freedom Edits is a team of photo and video editors who absolutely love to edit. You know that thing that you don't really super enjoy? Maybe you really love taking the photos, but you hate editing. These people love editing. They are a unicorn. They are amazing. And what I love about Freedom Edits, other than regaining more time to work on my business and spend afternoons with my kids and evenings with my wife, is that they are very hands-on with feedback. They want to know all the little tweaks you'd make to their edits, and then they learn how to better match your style. Now, I hardly have to adjust anything when I receive galleries back from my editor, Nick. What is up, Nick? You are amazing. So head to lightdarkco.com slash freedom to get 30% off your first order. Their prices are hella affordable anyway for the amount of time that they save you already. So get 30% off lightdarkco.com slash freedom and get more freedom in your life. What looks different for that client experience? Like if you're wanting to to move up if you're if you're looking at your your pricing what you charge right now and you're really mm-hmm. wanting to up level your client experience what are what are a few things that you can do to to really move that up a little bit and um, create a better experience that would be more valuable to clients yeah uh, one of the ways to do that is anticipating needs your clients needs as you move up to a different style of clientele that has more money, they're going to have a different set of problems than the people that are only measuring Mm. your work based on what they can afford. And so these people are going to have just different needs that you have to anticipate and have creative, creative solutions for. That's one of the things. And then the other thing is knowing that, your experience and your client journey needs to run really smooth because sometimes, like I said before, maybe your pricing is not the problem. Maybe it's everything else in your business that you don't have a good client journey, that you're not responding to your inquiries on a timely manner, that your website doesn't really give a clear definition of what they're going to be buying into. So all of those things, like I said, pricing is like the the support to what your business is already doing and offering. So you want to get those things, whatever, whatever isn't working, whatever isn't running smooth. You want to kind of work on that first and then look at your pricing. Okay. 
I like that. Yeah. Cause there's, there's so many times that we're just like, all right, I just want to make more money and then I will be able to work less and I can work on these problems that are in my business. Um, but instead you need to be looking at where those issues are. Um, because as you're moving up, like those, those clients, you know, the, someone who's going to be paying you know the the hundred thousand jose via type prices um they're going to expect a seamless experience mm -hmm. and and they're going to expect a lot more than someone who's paying uh two thousand or five thousand dollars for a photographer um so yeah that's that's good i like that um i i feel like looking at the problem areas of our businesses is something that we do uh, later on, mm -hmm. like whenever we have free time, whenever it's slow season or something. Um, but yeah, that's a good, I mean, that's a good practice. I probably need to get into that more <laughs> of, uh, just like every, every month or so, just like looking at things, assessing things and seeing where are the struggles, um, what can be fixed and, uh, and what can, what can move on. Um, and yeah. you, you also mentioned, um, you also mentioned this. Oh, oh no, and I just lost it. Um, oh, you mentioned how um, like those those clients who are going to be paying that premium price, the, the higher price point that you want to move to, they're going to have different um, like pain points and different mm -hmm. things that you'll need to help um, guide them through on their client journey. And, um, that is something that is not talked about a ton mm -hmm. because those, those couples who may be hiring a, a lower budget photographer, um, or like an average budget photographer, um, they may not be ex expecting too much for you other than like, I want you to take photos. Show up with day. your camera. Take Show pictures. up with your camera. That's yep. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's what we're hiring you to do. That's what you're doing. That's great. Um, and yeah, those those higher uh, price points, they're they're wanting more of an experience or expecting more of an experience, too, um, than just showing up mm -hmm. and and just being a photographer. But like having that expertise and experience uh, to come along with it, too. Yeah. And disclaimer, I am not like this is a very long process of like self-reflection, self-examination, self-awareness in your business. And I've spent half of my life like making a living through photography. So mm. I just wanted to clear that out that it's like, I don't want anyone to feel like <laughs> I have all the answers and I, I've been doing this. And if you're not doing this, that you're not on track. It's a process. I'm still working out quirks and things and ironing the experience for my clients. But I, I recognize that as I've done that, I've unknowingly moved up with my clients because I fine tuned that experience and the word of mouth with, oh my gosh, this is what she does. This is like that. I had no idea that she did this, you know, something that I do just to throw it out there. Mm -hmm. Is that when I do family sessions, um, I have gift bags for the kids. So that's just something I'm a gift giver. That's part of like my love language. And so I have something for the kids because I want them to have a positive experience with the camera. 
And I want these clients to come back to me. And so kids usually have gone through many other photographers with many different experiences. And I want them to feel safe or like I'm a cousin or an aunt that is coming with a gift, you know? And so that is something that sets me apart and they have no idea that that's a thing until they experience my, my sessions. And they're like, Oh my gosh, she is worth more than the lady down the road for 20 bucks. That's showing up with her camera and doesn't know how to work with kids. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And just like, Hey, stop yelling, stop running around, smile right here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's not getting you anywhere. That is awesome. I love that. I mean, that would be great. Uh, whenever we get our family photos taken, uh, if the photographers showed up with little gift bags for each of our kids and just like, Hey, these are things, um, like they would, I, I, I would just imagine that the, all the kids are just like, Oh, okay. Yes, Miss Ash, like she is amazing. <laughs> I'm just going to just stare at the camera and smile and laugh and whatever and laugh. you want me to do. Yes. Yeah, it was great. Yes. Yeah. Because it's also like, uh, like uh, for them, this, this is a weird adult that I've never met mm-hmm. pointing a thing at me. Um, and I don't know how I feel about that. But whenever you come at them, like the first experience is that gift giving. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Yeah. Okay. I love that. Um, I am not surprised that gift giving is one of your love languages, um, <laughs> just from like your, your Instagram, uh, stories and seeing like the, the gift ba- boxes and things that you send out oh, for your yes. couples and stuff too. I'm like, yeah, those are, those are very thoughtful, uh, gifts, um, which I'm currently like going through my my welcome gifts and stuff and and revamping everything because uh, i'm like yeah i don't i'm i am not a gift giver uh that is not one of my love languages <laughs> at all <laughs> and i've had the same thing for like three years now where i'm just like yeah every couple is gonna get this thing um and yeah it's i want to do want to do more than that i want to up level that uh, can i add another that. can i add another tip for to that Absolutely. Yeah. This is something that I, that I revamped this year because I've been giving gift boxes for about three years now to my wedding um, couples. And this year, what I did was kind of going back because costs have gone up with everything. And then also Mm. due to COVID, we, there was like a, a lack of different items because they were stuck in like you know the whole boat situation shipping containers and all that deal yeah so i had to shift my welcome boxes because a lot of the items weren't in stock and so i said okay what is something that i can give them an experience that is cost effective for me and also memorable and i thought about One of my travel experiences, my husband took me to Paris for a baby moon and I was like, oh, my goodness, what if I could gift them this idea of a morning in Paris? Like, what would that look like? And so I I brainstormed ways to do that and I made it a box. And so now it's all like French themed and, you know, it's tea and chocolates and all this stuff. And so I tell them this is I had a great time in Paris and I want you to feel what it would feel like to be there and i kind of transport them with that so 
Nice. Just think of an experience that you would want them and kind of share a moment with them. Cool. Yeah, I like that. Have you had any couples that are like, we're going to Paris for our honeymoon and this is like getting us even more excited? Um, I haven't, but I've managed to successfully convert a few of their honeymoons to Puerto Rico instead of like any other destination. So nice. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, my wife and I have been wanting to go to Puerto Rico for years um, and we're Probably, probably not this year because we have a big uh, Costa Rica trip here in a Ooh, few weeks. Nice. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I will definitely be hitting you up probably next year whenever we're planning all that. I have all um, the go tos. Nice go to spots. Perfect. So yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so just like uh, another question on gift uh, client gifts, do you have like a dollar amount that you hit or want to stay under or like mm-hmm. a percentage of whatever package or how do you how do you figure all that out? Yeah, I my packages, I try to stay under forty dollars for my welcome boxes. Okay. Um, I've tied in different gift moments in the client journey experience. So, you know, right before the wedding day, like a week before I send them like a Starbucks gift card and I say, Hey, like, I know you're probably stressing out. So why don't you just go to Starbucks on me? Right. Uh Um, so I try to stay within like $50 for the whole experience. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And that way you're not like you know, doing a bunch of different things mm-hmm. to where it's like, well, this one was 30, but this one was 90 mm-hmm. and, you know, people getting different experiences and then you never really knowing what your costs are going to be for, for each wedding and yeah. all that. And I, I budget, I budget that within what they're paying me, by the way, this is not like extra money that I'm spending investing in them. It's mm-hmm. they've already invested in that. Nice. Which which is money that you're spending on them, but they're essentially paying for it, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is even better. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, other than just like their uh, warm feelings for you and just mm-hmm. being like, yeah, uh, she's the best We're this is the best uh, decision that we made, of course. Um, are there any other benefits you see by doing those gift givings and and all that? Yeah, it's been a really cool. I've okay. It's been very strategic for me to do those things because it it opens the opportunity for more communication. So they'll be more eager to share more details about their wedding or share a moment or an experience that is tied in with their wedding. And so it it gives me a a focus on like, okay, this person values this or this person values that. And so when I'm shooting their wedding or shooting their family session, I have this awareness of like who this person is. I've kind Mm. of opened them up to me so that I can see them for who they really are and photograph more specifically. Okay. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that means so much more uh, for the photos and for their experience whenever you can actually see them and know them Yeah. um, rather than just like going into a blind. Uh, I remember showing up on wedding days. I'm like, I don't even know what they look like. Uh, I don't, (laughs) I just like what walk in and I'm name? like, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There, there have been a few times that I've like second shot for someone else and they're like, Oh yeah. I don't remember what the groom's name is, but you know, just ask who it is. Who's getting married. I'm like, Oh, this is going to be interesting. The groom. <laughs> it was like, it's usually uh, pretty easy to spot the bride in like the white robe yeah. or something. I'm like, okay. Yeah, so you're the one getting married. Um, but yeah, it is is so much better whenever you can know them. Like I, I did an engagement session earlier this evening and, um, and whenever we did our initial zoom, like discovery call, their little cat Zelda kept jumping up on the (laughs) coffee table. And like, that was something that I knew about them. And we talked about our love for uh, childish Gambino music. And, um, so that was already something I was like, I know that I'm going to play childish Gambino during this, this photo shoot, which was amazing because no one else ever wants to listen to childish Gambino. Um, or at least, at least not during like a romantic photo shoot. Um, and then I had like something to talk about, like, Hey, how's Zelda? Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. you know, and, and like that, uh, immediately whenever I said Zelda, they're just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. They perked up. Yeah. They perked up. And then they're like, Oh yeah. And you like spent time, remembering our cat's name that you met you know over zoom months ago uh but yeah those those connections and that communication it's that can go so long uh so far in the the client journey that like sense of belonging and safety that this person is there to cheer you on and encourage you rather than like i'm showing up and i want you to do this and do that i don't know it's just you have a better like relationship, I feel like with, with them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's something that like they'll share with other people too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll, they'll feel like that's, that's more valuable, um, being, um, at, at a higher price point than, uh, than someone who is just showing up on the day and like, so what were your names again? <laughs> um, okay, cool. Let's take some photos. Um, but yeah, what are, what are some other, other aspects of like finding your pricing, finding your value? Um, what are, what are some things that we can be doing? Yeah, definitely find, also what you're really, really passionate about, like I'm passionate about weddings and families, but I also am very passionate about boudoir. And that's something that I only offer to brides and moms. So it's very exclusive in that way. Mm-hmm. And how can I make that accessible? How can that make them again? How can I get them to say yes effortless, effortlessly and smoothly with something that is very vulnerable very raw, very kind of like taboo still, you know, and kind of thinking about that. And okay, if I was a client, what would make me comfortable to want to do this? And showing that, putting that out there on social media, having, you know, client testimonials, all of those things kind of add to that and fine tuning Again, that experience, I think, is valuable. And then from there, moving into your offerings. So what are things that sets you apart, not just with the experience, but also on prints, wall art, albums, like all those options 
there's so much out there available for photographers. If you're not offering that, especially more luxury clients, they want that. They want to show off <laughs> what they invested oh, yeah. in. So oh, yeah. you have to definitely think, okay, I have to start somewhere. I know for a while I was like, oh, I, I don't invest in prints. I don't invest in albums. So why should I offer it? And now as I've gotten older, I've gotten married, I have children. It's like, oh my gosh, prints and albums are everything. So if I'm not sharing that with my clients, I'm losing out on money on the table that they're wanting to give me <laughs> for doing Oh, that. yeah. 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 And not just the clients, but also their parents, mm -hmm. and grandparents, their grandparents. And you because that's like as as you're getting older, as the generations keep going, like print is more and more important because mm -hmm. um, that's that's what you have. That's what you can hold. And uh, yeah, I left so much money on the table by not offering prints uh, for years. Uh, like I, I offered albums, but they were not good. Uh, <laughs> they were, they were like a step above spot or not Spotify. What is it? Uh, Shutterfly. No. And yeah, they were, they were not great. They were like, they had this acrylic cover that I thought was super cool. Oh no, um, not the acrylic covers. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was, it was not good, but it was like, it was something. And I, I, I did print the photos for them in those albums. I had a few who would contact me, you know, a year or two later and just be like, Hey, so our album's falling apart. Um, can, you, John. Can, you, can you replace this? I was like, yeah, I should probably get a better quality album design. Um, so, so when you're looking to, to add prints and albums, for sure, do some research on some good quality prints and albums. Don't just be like, you know what? I can buy a Shutterfly one and then just rebrand it and put a sticker put a over sticker their logo. Uh, <laughs> and then and then I can charge them 30 bucks for the 10 that I spent. Um, but yeah. OK, so what? Because um, there's like so, so many different things between like framed prints and canvases and metal prints and, you know, like fracture printing on glass mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. What, um, you know, do you recommend, do you recommend anything or just like look at everything and pick what, what speaks to you? Mm -hmm. Um, I think a, a balance between that. I think that what you're naturally drawn to, you're going to attract that in your client. So mm -hmm. if you like wood blocks, that's very unique. Not everybody offers that. So yeah. by all means, do the wood blocks. For me, I love matted prints. That's like my thing. I do matted prints, just all various sizes, museum quality. And I have them on a little easel and it just feels like a piece of art that we collaborated on together and they can proudly show that off. And my albums, the same thing. They feel like a piece of art. I've actually booked weddings because they saw the album from somebody's coffee table. And they're oh, like, great. I love this. I want to book her. So your products are speaking a lot because you don't know who's coming into those people's houses. And they might not 
be following me on Instagram, but they are looking yeah. at their albums and they're t- sharing that experience with them. So, um, yeah, which is a, an even better way of uh, experiencing what you offer uh, than, you know, Instagram, where it's like, you know, we're sharing what we want to share, mm-hmm. but there they're like getting to experience what the client experienced and what the client picked for the album and like the clients talking to them about how much they love it. It was like, you know, anytime that I go to a a new city or something, I'm like, okay, I know someone who lives in Nashville, like tell me where's the best place to get ramen in downtown Nashville. And then I'm like, okay, cool. I know that I'm going to enjoy this because you told me that this was good. Um, And I value that. And whenever you're, these potential clients are uh, getting told all of these things and shown this book. Uh, like that's so much better marketing than uh, anything we can do on social media or Google ads or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but seriously, yeah. ramen in downtown Nashville, definitely. Let's plan for that. That's let's do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> You're like, seriously? Yes. Food. (laughs) That sounds, sounds so good. Oh man. It's been a while since I've had good ramen. Um, Oh no. We got to change that. We just, we don't have good, good ramen here in, in college station. Yeah. Texas is, I mean, like there's some good ramen places. Yeah. Austin's got, yeah. But that's about a two hour drive for me. Hmm. Um, so it's, it's gotta be a special, special time. Um, (laughs) Which I mean, when when is that not a special time? Exactly. <laughs> uh, but okay, so um, so yeah, adding adding those. Um, do you have I know like a formula or anything for figuring out pricing for that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. So first of all, my sessions I do not give away any kind of digitals or prints. My pricing is just my time, the session, Mm -hmm. and then everything else is like additional, which switching to that pricing structure where you're kind of stacking things instead of all inclusive has been Mm -hmm. a game changer for me. Um, And so I recommend for everybody to try that, even if you're charging what the market is charging, I would I would switch to that pricing structure because in the end, you will always make more money off of that client deciding and having ownership of like, oh yeah, I want two photos or, oh yeah, I want to buy everything. How much is that on top Mm -hmm. of what you already made? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I am in the process of switching over to that pricing structure for families. Ah. Um, Cause for the longest time I was like my, my pushback to that for years was um, when I hire someone, I don't want to like get like nickeled and dimed for everything. And like, okay, well this is the sitting fee and then this is how much each photo is going to be. And this is how much it's going to be if you want the digital files and just like adding up and adding up. And then it's this huge cost. Um, Cause I just wanted like one done and then we're out of there. Um, which uh, uh that's fine for some people um and that's like uh, kind of like a walmart type deal right. of you know we're gonna walk in we're gonna get what we want we're gonna leave and that's it we're not coming back 
to like uh uh to view these later on uh or anything but yeah so i'm in the process of doing that i just recently i don't do a, a ton of family sessions but i i do like mini session days for mm-hmm. past clients and all that and i had one this fall where i had that pricing structure um where it was just the sitting fee and then we did um reveals later on and went through prints and packages and and all that uh and it worked a a lot better than um than in past years of Mm -hmm. just this is the fee for everything and then you get you know 30 digitals or whatever Uh, and i'm glad you mentioned that because that's how i kind of did my little trial before i Mm -hmm. jumped into that same i've literally the same thing i was like why i wouldn't buy somebody that is offering photography and is only doing like a session and then print a print consultation and ordering Mm -hmm. but i eventually i don't i mean i'm sure you've talked about this maybe i hope but john canlis like i booked him for my family session Mm -hmm. and that's his pricing structure and Mm -hmm. I felt like I was able to walk away with prints that I really, really loved rather than having this gallery of photos. And I've only shared a few or I have them all on my Facebook and that's that. Oh, yeah. And so I kind of did the same thing. I did a mini session and I said, okay, I'm going to do my normal price as a mini session and then they have to buy prints and see how that goes and i was shocked when i had multiple clients order twelve hundred dollars worth of things yeah and i was like "Mm, i'm sold i'm never like going back to like (laughs) all-inclusive pricing (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah yeah because then it's also like not only that but it's it's like breaking it up to where you know if you were to tell them you know like it's going to be, you know, $2,000 total for everything. That's a big price tag at the beginning. But if it's like, this is how much the sitting fee is. And then later they're, they're like, okay, we've forgotten that we've already paid you money mm-hmm. for the sitting fee. Now we're here. And this is the price that we're talking about for the photos that we absolutely love. Mm-hmm. And like this whole experience was amazing with the gifts for our kids and all that. <laughs> like the, the whole day is just like, it's like a, an easy a bright yes. spot. Yeah. yeah. It's an easy. Yes. There we yes. go. Okay. Easy I see yes. what you do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I love that. Um, so, so like you, you mentioned reveals and, uh, and all that afterwards, um, is that something that's scheduled pre session or do y'all do that later on? How does that work? So something that I have been doing the past since COVID essentially, um, hit is that I kind of value or evaluate the client. Some clients don't really want to take the time to meet up, have a consultation. Um, I've already talked through all of this beforehand, before we even have our session, so they know what to expect. But I do have it optional for those that do want it. I haven't seen a difference between those that do and don't in terms of they already know that they're going to have to pay extra for their photos and so Uh if they're willing to invest whatever x amount they don't it does not matter 
some are just really like, okay, I have a vision in my head of what I want to do with this wall. I'm just going to pay for it. And then others need more help. And so I kind of have that option for those that need more of a hand holding in that process. And we kind of choose from there. Another thing to note too, is I do give a web sharing file with every print or product purchased, which is a little bit different too. So they're, they're getting two for one essentially. So they'll buy the prints, they'll get the web sharing file to share. And if they don't want any prints, they have my all inclusive digital file package, which is the most expensive thing on the menu. So yeah, it works out. Everybody's happy at the end. So they got that option to, to weigh in. Nice. Nice. And I, I like, I, I like that structure a lot. Um, and I like, I was thinking of, um, uh, what you had mentioned earlier, um, that you, you didn't feel like you would want that kind of, um, that kind of structure as, uh, as hiring someone where you, you wanted to know that you were going to get everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what kept you away from that for the longest time. Um, I was the same. Um, and that also kept me at a very low pricing point mm-hmm. for families, for weddings. I stayed at a very low budget wedding, um, um, budget, I don't know, mm-hmm. price range for the longest time. Cause I was like, yeah, I wouldn't spend more than this. Mm-hmm on a photographer. Mm-hmm. So why do I expect other people to? Um, and that's but, kind of what I was hitting on, like saying at the very beginning is like, we're saying yeah. no for our clients. We're mm-hmm. saying, Oh no, you don't want this. You don't want, mm-hmm. you don't want this at this price and having to, that's like a big block of just being able to achieve your goals when you're saying no on behalf of your clients, because your clients want to say yes and they are more than capable of saying yes and they're more than capable of spending crazy amounts of money that we wouldn't think of because we're so like oh i'm not gonna do it so why would they right like the that uh mini session where they bought another twelve hundred dollars in prints and and Mm -hmm. and all that is like you could have said no no one's going to do that my, my clients are not going to spend that much. You know, they want this, they want X amount of whatever. Um, but allowing them to say yes and then giving them, uh, an amazing experience that mm-hmm. creates an easy yes, um, led to that. Uh, so cool. Man, I'm getting excited. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, this, this, is, this is great. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much anytime that you feel like, I should probably change my pricing. You should probably should change your pricing. Oh yeah. Um, Especially if you're not being profitable, like there's no reason it's 2022. There's plenty mm-hmm. of, there's a seat at the table for you, for you to be profitable, achieve your goals oh, yeah. and do more than what you're doing. Oh yeah. Do you have any tips for like, uh, you know, for everyone who's, listening that was like okay yeah i need to change my pricing what are a couple like first steps they can do to assess where where what they should change where should they should up level and all those things okay so a practical step is finding out the city that you're at 
what are people spending in general? And you can do a quick Google search and say, okay, how many, how much are people spending for average on a wedding in the city or in a family session? And Google will tell you how much it is kind of like basing just to see what the market is. And then the other side of the coin is like, okay, so how much do I need to just be sustainable in my business? So how much like my gallery, my website, Facebook ads, how much do I need just to keep things running and then kind of see, okay, so this is how much I need to make just to be sustainable. And this is how much extra just for profit. And so you kind of will gauge from all of that information and your research what you should be charging and making. Okay. Okay. I like it. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Well, there's so much. Uh, I, I loved all of that. Um, I'm definitely going to be going back through like whenever I'm editing this and just taking notes um, for all those things. Um, before we get into like where people can follow you and uh, and see your work and all that, um, there's part of the show that I like to do where we talk about what we're loving this week. Um, could be anything from, you know, TV show, movie, a new book, um, or a really great ramen place, um, to whatever, uh, what are you loving this week? Okay. I am loving, I'll go with book first just because I have it here. Um, this is a time magazine book from the library of photography and it's really, really old and it's on photojournalism. That's and cool. I am loving this book because it goes through like evaluating your work and how to tell stories, you know, in one assignment or in one role and kind of like what that looks like. How do we see life and how do we tell a story that's seemingly ordinary? And it's an actually like really well-written book. And I got this book for a dollar <laughs> and wow. I'm like, oh my gosh, this book is way worth more than that. Um, oh, yeah. But it's an amazing book. It's all black and white. I think it's from the 70s, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm loving that book. And then I'm also loving on HBO Max Station Eleven. Amazing series. I have heard really good things about Station Eleven. Um, I have not started it yet, but uh, but it keeps popping up on like, you should probably watch this also. I'm like, OK, I will. What what I haven't even like watched any of the like clips or trailers <laughs> or anything. What what is it about? It's about it's a very like m- a metaphor, I guess, about art And it's set in a post-pandemic world and kind of like the repercussions of that, living a life that doesn't have any technology. It's like 20 years in the future. And it just goes through the life of this girl who survived it and how art is a necessity for life and kind of digging into that. Uh, The first episode doesn't really make a lot of sense. So you're like, what did I just watch? But as you keep looking at it and there's actually at the end of each episode and after the credits, there's actually like a time where the director talks about all the symbolism in the series. And it's really, really good because you're like, oh, my gosh, mind blown, like all the different things 
that he's referencing to, about art and about community and about um, coming together with those uh. things. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I was speechless by the end of it. Just speechless. Yeah. That sounds really cool. I love the like the behind the scenes like deep dive um, as well. That's that's cool. Okay, so Station Eleven, mm-hmm. HBO Max. Okay, HBO Max. Okay, sweet. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to start that soon. Um, <laughs> what about you? Cool. What's your? Um, what are you I, What am I loving? I um, I'm loving. It's a it's a a new new show kind of new ish genre um kind of melding a couple genres together um it's the new uh kristen bell tv like mini series or whatever it's like yes. eight episodes on netflix called let's see it's really long um the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window yes and it's like a parody it's yeah, it's like a parody kind of satire on um horror thriller. Yeah. But not in like a scary movie type way of like, you know, just a bunch of goofy whatever laugh track stuff. Um but it actually like you're on your seat at the end of every episode just like, wait, is this is this what's going on? And like, you have to, um, you're actually following along the story, but it's also satirical at the same time where you're laughing about different parts of, um, like horror movie genre, um, tropes Mm -hmm. and stuff. And they're very like on the nose on certain things. Um, that you're just like oh yeah yeah that does happen a lot um and yeah it's it was really well done i thought um filmed really well uh the what i thought was really cool was you're you're viewing the the world like all the other characters through um the main character i forget her name now anna i think mm-hmm. um was kristen bell's character's name and you're like viewing all the other characters through how she's seeing them. So their personalities kind of morph during the series. Oh, interesting. Where they're, yeah. Cause she's like, she's viewing them in a way that, uh, that she's, um, like perceiving their personality. But then the next episode, she re- like something else is revealed about them. And now she's viewing them in a different way. So you can kind of see them, morphing because they're all being portrayed and like there's some hallucination type stuff oh i'm so intrigued now drinking and pills and all that (laughs) Um, (laughs) lots of broken casserole dishes um (laughs) but uh but yeah it was it was a good series um like like i was telling you uh before we went live here um you know, our our whole family's been sick for like the past mm-hmm. week and a half of just, you know, some illness going through everyone. So we've had a lot of time to just kind of sit around and watch some shows and stuff mm-hmm. while cuddling kids. <laughs> and uh, I didn't watch that with the kids. But, you know, say, watch like, wow. that. Yeah, they're watching Encanto and I'm over here <laughs> like on my phone. Um, I love Encanto. It's a great movie, <laughs> but I have seen it about 17 times today. And uh you know, it's uh, yeah, I need I'm I need right there with you as well. Yeah, I'm right there with you. 
Yeah. But um, but yeah, definitely a good one. If you like um, kind of suspense mm-hmm. thriller type stuff, it is not gory. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, there's I mean, like, like there's blood at certain spots, but it's not like a super gory type um, slasher horror movie type thing. Um, but yeah, it was it was good. It's like a kind of like a soft horror uh, movie is very different than a lot of other things. Uh, so yeah, I liked it. It's on on Netflix. Uh, the woman in the house across the street from yeah. the girl in the window. I'm oh, writing yeah. it down. I'm gonna start watching it, and I'm gonna come back and tell you about it. Yes, <laughs> yeah, do it, and I will start on Station Eleven and do the same thing. <laughs> and yeah, so I love those like bargain finds like that dollar book that you found that's definitely worth more than that because I, f- I like you were talking about that i was like i feel like i've seen that book or something similar like at some photography bookstore and it's like marked at like 70 dollars or like 120 bucks for this coffee table book i'm like i would love to get this like this looks amazing and it has such great stories and these photos are beautiful but i i cannot bring myself to buy a 120 dollar coffee table book right now um maybe eventually i have a few on my amazon wish list if anyone ever wants to get those for me for my birthday or whatever whenever i send that out to family i'm like throw that link up you can can buy these photography books if you want um but yeah it's it's always the best whenever i find photography books at like half price books or Mm -hmm. at a garage sale or something i'm like oh this is a quarter yes uh, i will i will take all of these yeah whenever you come here to nashville there's mckay's and Mm -hmm. they like i've been wanting the americans for a long time but it's expensive and they Uh had it for ten dollars and a friend of mine bought it (laughs) like oh look what i found for ten dollars you think it's good i'm like tears it's like it's the americans (laughs) what it's a classic (laughs) for ten (laughs) dollars that's great they usually have a bunch of like good photography books for cheap nice okay well yeah i'll definitely go in there yeah Awesome. Okay. So Ash, where can people find you? Where can they follow along, see your work, your photos, all those things? Okay. So you can find me on social media where I like to get social Instagram, Instagram.com at Ashley Holstein altogether. And I also have a course on the art of selling print. If you guys want the full strategy from beginning to end on pricing and profit and everything that comes with selling prints. Um, I have that on there and I am giving your listeners a discount code. So I'm sure that you can post it somewhere. Uh, yeah, different. I'll have that in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. So I'll yeah. give you guys that. Um, it's a really like quick course. It's a mini workshop. It's but it's so like full of everything from start to finish of what I do and how I started making about ten thousand dollars per year i mean it's escal- it's grown since then but my first year when i started offering prints that's how much i made and i was like okay this is something so yeah um yeah started doing one thing and now it's like an extra ten thousand dollars uh yeah yes exactly I, I will definitely be doing that as well <laughs> who wants that who wants an extra 10 grand so yeah, yeah. that can be useful 
And awesome. Of course, my website, ashleyholstein.com. If you're ever in Nashville, hit me up. Yeah. Okay. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for being on the show today. I, I enjoyed this. Um, and yeah, like I said, I'll have links to all those in the show notes. Um, and everyone can find those uh, on on the website. Y'all know, yes. y'all know where it is. Uh, and it's in the show notes of whatever podcast listener you're listening to this on. Bye, guys. Bye. Y'all, up-leveling my client experience is one of the things that I am always looking to improve. And Ash brought a lot that I can work into my experience for my clients. As always, you can check out all the things in today's episode in the show notes at lightdarkco.com slash podcast slash 104. This podcast was recorded in front of a live Facebook audience. Join us for the next live podcast uh, by joining the Light and Dark Photography podcast group on Facebook. This episode was edited by me, John Mansfield, and our theme song is by the talented John Isaac. All the ads in today's episode are affiliate partnerships, so you get a great deal while we get a little kickback uh, to help support the podcast. As always, you can find the show on Instagram at lightdarkco. Ash is at Ashley Holstein, and you can find me at All Heart Photo. Subscribe if you like the show, leave us a review, show some love on the socials. Until next week, See you in the Facebook group. Bye.